Welcome back to middle school It's a zoo right there So just be cool Don't speak too loud Try to fit in But if you don't Then you can be in outfit everyone and welcome to the Outfit Repeaters. I'm your host Marissa Cantor and with me as always but from afar this time Sam Chung. Hello Marissa. Uh, yeah we are back back for the back half of How I Met Your Father and I don't know if it's just I'm jet lagged or maybe this episode was actually good. Listen I'm not jet lagged and this episode was good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty jet lagged. I mean, I only got what, like, I had a pretty early flight back to LA. I didn't go to bed until pretty late, uh, celebrating a Celtics victory, watching all the post games. So maybe got like four hours of sleep, hopped on a plane, got whatever plane sleep you can get. I woke up, watched How I Met Your Father on the plane, uh, took some handwritten notes. I've got my, my, my handwritten notes on my tablet here. Wow. Um, as I was, as I was working and I'm that's wa- dedication. It is dedication. <laughs> and this is the first time I'm actually looking at the notes since I took them. They're not, uh, well, I can read most of it. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I was, uh, surprised that, uh, this, this, this episode definitely, felt different i think than anything we've got before this is going to be a hot take and i haven't had a time i haven't had time to verify this yet because i haven't like gone back and like looked episode by episode but just like gut reaction this might be my favorite episode of the show so far oh my goodness is it because it had a plot i think so (laughs) i think so (laughs) yeah i think because it was like relevant to the the central question well, I guess the I guess the show is not a question, but the central like premise of the show, granted, it didn't get anywhere closer to how she met her child's father. I realized today, I don't think we even know that kid's name, but it did talk about how she met her father, which I do feel there is some like direct comparison, direct connection uh, in terms of like plot lines, because yeah, I guess, you know, if this is a show about meeting your father, I can see how we got there. And there was a lot going on here. Um, now, was it a perfect episode? No, I did have uh, a few issues, but overall they were minor and they were not like the regular issues that I think annoy us very much. <laughs> there were, for example, no new entrance to the Woody Penis Club, which was a relief and a shock. I was very surprised that in this premiere we got no new entrance to the Woody Penis Club, but I I'm getting ahead of myself right now. What? How did you feel about returning to How I Met Your Father? Well, first I felt like, wow, that was a really fast two months because I was like, oh, oh, we're back. Um, but I agree. I really enjoyed this episode. I think 
that we are getting into the part where I feel like the cast has figured it out and I think the writers are starting to figure it out and it just everything gelled really well for me. Yeah. Did you would you say like in the I don't know if you've also not had a chance to do this yet, but in terms of like your favorite How I Met Your Father episodes, where do you think this ranks for you? I would say because you're also you're also more lenient on some of the unhinged nature of, you know, prior episodes that we've watched. I am like, was it the episode that made me laugh the loudest? No. But was there like a coherent and like at times like moving story being told that hit? Yes. And I love to see that. I also really loved that the entire main cast, they all really felt like they had a purpose in this episode because there was a purpose. There was a plot. Whereas sometimes I think some of the subplots can get a little like random And what are we doing right now? I think I mostly agree with that. There were some issues that I had with, I think specifically like the Jesse and Sid. Oh. Like, but I think we can get as I'll talk about it kind of like as we go through the episode. But yeah, I, um, I also agree that it's been a quick, it's been a quick two months. But I think the fact that, you know, we are 4,000 miles away from each other but still feel like we need to talk about this. (laughs) That says something. It does say something, you know. And you know what? If there was ever a time for the writers to, like, hear our critiques about the show, it's probably now. Because, honestly, like, they need something to listen to while they're they're picketing. No comment. <laughs> no comment. You don't think that, you know, th- that they. That I don't they think may the listen? writers are listening to our silly little podcast yet. Well, <laughs> yet. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. You just made that awkward. I didn't make it awkward. We don't need to talk about the writer's strike on this podcast. So we have a lot to say about this episode, clearly. So I guess we should just, I don't know, jump in, get talking. Uh, yes. Yes. Today we are talking about How I Met Your Father, season two, episode 12, the mid-season premiere, not a Mamma Mia. In this episode, Sophie recruits the gang to help track down her father. And that is that. That is the episode. And as we mentioned, we love a plot here at the Outfit Repeaters. Yeah, and I, I, I don't, I think it took me a while to realize that I was enjoying it because there were a lot of things that happened in the beginning that made me roll my eyes. I think right off the bat, you know, Kim Cattrall says that she's going to take a quick break from the story. And I was like, oh, please, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, do we need to, do we need to take another detour? And then recruit is also like a generous word i feel like sophie just kind of like walks in and is like this is what we're doing <laughs> and everybody else is like well i have, we have no nothing life. else yeah we have nothing else to do so okay okay so definitely start off a little bit shaky but i thought it picked up as it went along is any part of you concerned that sophie's mother remembers virtually nothing about sophie's conception Like, she had to have been on some heavy drugs 
I guess, but I guess that's the character that we've been sold, right? It is the character. She just goes through men, including what Mason Gooding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're they're just in and out. They're they're transient. And, you know, honestly, the bigger shocker is that Sophie doesn't have any siblings. They may pop up somewhere. You never know. <laughs> Maybe. There's something else that I'm watching it, right now that is be, taking would, a weird. <laughs> it would have to be, it would have to be an older sibling because I imagine she would notice if it was a younger <laughs> sibling. <laughs> there's another knows, show an that I'm watching. There's up. another show I'm watching right now that's taking like a weird half sibling subplot turn. I don't need more of that. Is it what? Is it Queen Charlotte? No. What? What are you watching that's taking a half sibling turn? It's kind of spoilery if I say it. What? If you know, you know. I don't know. What are you talking about? Exo Kitty. Oh, I thought you were gonna t- I thought you were talking about Celebrity Jeopardy. Or no, Jeopardy. <laughs> Jeopardy Masters. Sorry, yeah, Jeopardy Masters. <laughs> what? Just like out of nowhere, Ken Jennings' secret baby. Is James Holtzauer. And then it all makes sense. <laughs> No, but I don't know. I was just like, Sophie's mom, you good? All she really has to say about it is that he lolled her palooza at, at Lollapalooza, and here you are. Yeah, all of the clues about who Sophie's father is come from the photo. Nothing comes from her mom. Her mom is zero health. Which, like, I'm trying to remember... In the John Corbett of it all. Like, did she steal that photo from John Corbett? She must have. Right? right? Yeah, because I don't think her mom would have that photo. No. So Sophie so shows whatever, this photo. We're fully never seeing John Corbett again. Right? He's out. He's gone. He's done. It's over. He's done. Even though he's not her father. Yeah, no father. It's just too weird now. <laughs> it wasn't too weird before. It's too weird now. It is. It, it really is. So. Sophie shows her mother the photo that she stole from John Corbett. And she's like, oh, I recognize your father in this photo, but it's cut off at just like his arm. There is one arm in that photo, and that is her father with a barbed wire tattoo around his bicep. And when you zoom in, when you look really closely, he has a name tag on, and all you can see is ick. And those are the clues barbed wire tattoo. And ick. Let's find a father. Well, no, there's there's one other clue, right? Um, he worked in concessions. He was at, at Captain Concessions. Yes. Yeah. Third clue. Thank you. Tattoo, concessions, ick. So then we cut to Sophie at the bar telling all of her friends, here's what's going on. Thanks to Valentina's sleuthing. They have narrowed down the search to three icks. Val, by the way, at this point, is still engaged to Love Victor. Love Victor does make an appearance. We're still calling him Love Victor. I don't even know that I remember what his name in the show is. I don't either. (laughs) So yes, we are calling him Love Victor. There's a little bit where she is um, distracting him by forcing him to learn Spanish before. She'll hang out with him again. And he's doing it. He's in love. He's committed. He needs to be able to speak to her, what, abuela? I forget who she said. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so 
they narrowed it down to three icks. And they're going to split up into groups of two to track them down. So Sophie and Val are going to go to Staten Island to find Nick Foster. Jesse and Sid are going to go to New Jersey to hunt down Rick Graham. And Charlie and Ellen are going to go to Yonkers to find Dick Weber Morris. And Sid's like, oh, my God, you guys, you know what this is. This is a Mamma Mia. And then they kind of debate the like technicalities of that. Like, it's not really a Mamma Mia. Though it is, it is worth noting that Mamma Mia, main character, the daughter who is looking for her father, is also named Sophie. True. Coincidence? Wait, what? Is that coincidence? Wait, what? I missed what the coincidence is. So you just said true, but like we're not listening to what I was saying. I didn't say true. You did. You said true. <laughs> Whose name's Sophie? What are you talking about? Is this how you are with me? No. Do you just like pretend you're listening to me? No, I was reading something and then I thought that you said something else and then I realized I did not catch what you said. Oh, well, what I said was that the character who's searching for her father in Mamma Mia is also named Sophie. Oh, yeah. I never I never saw Mamma Mia. So what? Okay, Jermaine, geez. Um, no, I never. Okay, no. well, we will fix that as soon as we are together again, because that is unacceptable. Well, okay, so this was actually one of the issues that I had um, in this episode was that it's way too convenient that all of these people just happen to be in the tri-state area. In the New York, not even the tri-state area, like the New York metro area. <laughs> Yeah, um, all of these people that Sophie's mom met at a Chicago-based event now conveniently live in Staten Island, New Jersey, just blanket New Jersey, and and Yonkers, because no one lives in Yonkers, first of all. Um, (laughs) But ultimately, I don't think there needed to be three candidates at all. Like, I I, I don't know. They wanted the Mamma Mia tie-in. I guess, but I don't even think, I don't know. I don't think it needed to be the title necessarily. Well, it happened, whether you like it or not. As well, like I think that um, like bonus feminist is a good, is a good title. I thought that was a, that was a good twist and I'm sure you appreciated that as well. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good twist. Yeah. So that's your, that's your first minor critique. Yes. Well, So everybody is now looking for Sophie's dad. So first up, we cut to Jesse and Sid, who are off to New Jersey, where in the state, who knows, probably just like Jersey City. And they go to the gym that Rick, what, owns, works at? Unclear. Unclear. And here's the thing that's also going on. Remember Taylor? Remember Plain Girly from the mid-season finale? They're texting. Are you asking me if I remember? I I mean, yes, I remember. She was also just, here. Just do the bit. Just do the bit. <laughs> yes, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're texting, and Sid is smiley, and you know, I saw this coming, and it's here, and yeah. I don't love it. I get it, but I don't love it. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, it's so... As like a plot plot line. 
Yeah, no, I I think it's just so intense the fact that like she actually shows up. It's like, oh, they're talking to each other. Yeah, that part like, was a bit much. But they're texting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Jesse is so jealous. Even yes. though even though didn't they just have like a friend breakup like two episodes ago? Break up, then make up. Yeah, didn't um, Sid have to like die for Jesse to finally appreciate him? Have an EpiPen ready, as they say. <laughs> oh my gosh. And yeah, Jesse's starting to feel like the vibes are off. Well, Jesse thinks that Taylor is a, a like another guy friend, a replacement. Which like wasn't clear to me at first. Oh, it was immediately. How was that not clear? It was immediately clear to me. Like Jesse oh. is worried that he's being replaced. As a bro. As a bro, yeah. He thinks it's a Taylor Lautner situation. Correct. Because at first I was like, wow, this is like, yeah, like, like guys can be friends with girls too. And in a, like, I thought it was like, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't click for me. I don't know. And then I was like, oh, um, ultimately Rick from the gym is not Sophie's father because out walks an Asian man and... That answers their question without even asking the question. So, yeah, I don't think that Sid and Jesse really needed to do this whole, like, this scene is completely unnecessary to me because then they're going to force Sid and Jesse to tag along. Yeah, they just end up going to Staten Island anyways. Which timing-wise makes zero sense because they all break from the same bar and yet somehow they they have the time to go all the way to New Jersey and back in time to catch the same ferry. Like, the Staten Island Ferry leaves every, what, 30 minutes? <laughs> yeah, nonsense. So, Charlie and Ellen's father is Dick, the former stripper, current He's manager like a stripper of pimp. the stripper. The pimp, yeah. <laughs> I try not to use the word, but... Nope, that's what he is. That's what he is. <laughs> he is reluctant to say whether or not he attended Lollapalooza. So Ellen and Charlie are like, okay, well, can you please, you know, be the stripper for Ellen's bachelorette party? So they're trying to just kind of like okay, you're, pay him. You're skipping over what is clearly the most important plot line in this entire story. Dick is a member or rather like a, a founding member of Dale and Dick's or Dick and Dale's or whatever it is. But Dale has been murdered. <laughs> that's that was the lead. So ridiculous. That's I'm the sorry. lead here. You can't just skip over Dale's murder. There's been murder. a murder. Yeah, he's giving lap dances to angels now. And um, I've been spoiled, I think, by shows like Community and like Rick and Morty because I think there is an there there is an alternate universe where like that just becomes like their plot line. Them being like Charlie and Ellen is like trying to solve this murder. A murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, so I don't know. Funny. I just I just think of like show what like comedies been? that like break the genre, and it it just feels like such a missed opportunity when a show just wants to stay in a box. I hear that, but we are in this box, and they're gonna hire they're gonna hire Dick, and Ellen is going to pretend to be straight. I did write down some some lines from this from this interaction where they're really trying to like hype Dick up. I believe Charlie is the one who says all the 
wall butts in the world pale in comparison to yours mm. because there's just photos of, you know, the male strippers on his wall. You look scrumptious, sir. Then Ellen says, my dream bachelorette is a man like you shaking a donk like that in a place like this. And I was like, oof, cringe. That was probably the cringiest line in the episode. This episode was low on cringe, too. That's pretty mild. Maybe that's why it was easier to get through. (laughs) (laughs) So Dick agrees. Charlie and Ellen are throwing a bachelorette party in two hours. So then we cut to the Staten Island Ferry. As we already mentioned, Sid and Jesse are also there, which just logistically makes no sense. They find themselves on Staten Island at a hot dog store. Store? Restaurant? I don't know. Sophie calls it a store because she says, what if my dad owns a hot dog store? Then I'll be a hot dog heiress. And they go up to the counter. They ask for Nick Foster. And Nick Foster is dead. Or so they think. Um, Well, actually, before that, there's a line on the ferry that I think I appreciated a lot. It was they. So I think it's either. I think maybe it's Sophie who says that she's excited because they'll get to hang out in an on an island. It might. It was either Sophie or Val. And then Sid points out that Manhattan is an island. And then I was a little bit confused because Val is like, yeah, okay. Like, do they not think that Manhattan is an island? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Sid is correct. Manhattan is an island. It is. (laughs) I mean, later on in this scene, Sophie is also not following the thread of, like, Nick Foster's. So. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so Nick Foster is dead. They decide they'll honor him by singing Amazing Grace. Um, It's a choice. It's a choice, and it's pitchy. Hillary Duff, pitchy. come on. Like, get these people. You you sang. Um, <laughs> get these people in line. Jesse, you're in a band. <laughs> that's that, Yeah, that's honestly a more appropriate response than calling out Hillary Duff in this moment. No, call, call out, out Jesse the character. <laughs> call out both of them. Yeah, then someone with the tattoo approaches the gravestone of Nick Foster. Everyone's like, oh, my God, that must be your dad. Sophie's like, what? Is that not just my my brother? Then who is <laughs> who's dead? Your grandfather? Like, she just was not getting it. They continue onward. They follow. They follow Nick Foster onto a ferry. So they go back to Manhattan, right? They go to, like, the Manhattan location of yeah. the hot dog place. While this is happening, Sid is still giggly and texting Taylor. Um, Charlie and Ellen are putting together this bachelorette party. There's a lot of penises involved, penis cake. Um, (laughs) Then Stripper Dick comes dressed as a pirate. And Sam, you would know this better than I. Was Mm -hmm. that Pirates of the Caribbean music playing during his striptease? Yes, so it was interesting. Are you saying that because you had subtitles on? No, I, I, I'm genuinely asking. Oh, you're genuinely asking? Because I thought it was interesting because the subtitles said Pirates of the Caribbean remix, but I didn't hear anything that sounded remotely like Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. Interesting. 
Yeah, a lot going on here. Look, if I knew all the words to the Macarena, I would brag about it too. Fair. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this is like the best penis cake I think that has ever existed. It has coconut pubes. That's innovation. It is. And it has like the balls are made of nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Sam. <laughs> I could like, even though we were thousands of miles apart, I could hear you laughing when they um, said Actually, that. my favorite line, this definitely is not verbatim. This is very much paraphrased, but Dick arrives and the only people there are Charlie, Ellen, and Rachel. And then I just wrote down, Ellen has no friends, but is horny. I forget what she said exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was running on low sleep. I was, you know. That's what, a great note. What can you say? <laughs> she said something about being horny. Um, but yeah, the punchline is, uh, so they just want to see the tattoo, but Dick is probably the, strowest, uh, the slowest stripper. That's a tongue twister. The slowest stripper <laughs> in the history of, of, of stripping. Yes. Unlacing one shoe at a time. <laughs> and he's wearing so many layers. Because he's a pirate. <laughs> Okay, back at the hot dog place, Sophie is feeling a little little anxious, a little she's been waiting for this moment her entire life. What what if Nick sucks? So Val suggests that they vet him and make sure he's dad worthy before revealing his true identity. So then they run through a series of dad tests. And I enjoyed this bit. I found this to be a fun bit. My favorite hypothetical test was the bullet test i actually like i thought that this was a funny exchange because yeah either he dies or sophie dies (laughs) (laughs) if he takes a if he will or will not take a bullet for her so let's go through the dad tests yes so dad test one is he compassionate they test this by sid just tripping over nothing and eating shit on the floor of the restaurant (laughs) And Nick literally giving him the shoes on his feet because he was he was not wearing shoes with good grip. Yeah, on the scale of um people fake falling, where where does Sid's fake fall rank for you? Oh, it was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Low end of the fake falls. Low end. He would not win a lawsuit with that fake fall. <laughs> I mean, he was trying to get someone's attention and he did. So it was a successful fall in that sense. But what? He wasn't trying to get that man's shoes. What are you talking about? No, not the shoes. I said his attention. <laughs> he was trying I'm so, to. Sorry, I'm skipping ahead. Like his goal the whole time was to get this man's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> he was just trying to steal a man's shoes off of his own feet. Yeah. What's the best way to get this man's shoes? I know. I'll slip and fall. <laughs> That is all the proof that they need that Nick is compassionate. Dad test number two. Is he fun? This is demonstrated by him and Jesse throwing ketchup packets back and forth to each other. I mean, yeah, playing catch with your dad. Pretty classic. That's more of like, I feel like father son typically activity. I don't know that Sophie is really looking for a catch partner. Although she did have that line about basketball, but it sounded like she didn't want to play basketball. So I I don't know. Is he fun? I guess that's subjective. Well, he passed the test for Jesse. He's fun to Jesse. Yes. 
Jesse had some dad issues too, though, did he not? Jesse has a lot of issues. They're not <laughs> they're not important in this episode. Dad test number three is making sure that he's not a creep by doing this. Val has a conversation with him where she suggests quitting grad school and starting in OnlyFans and wants to know what he thinks of that. And then he says, you know, stay in school so he's not a creep. But then he was like, but if you want to do OnlyFans, then no one should like shame you for doing that, essentially. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, he said all work has dignity. All work has dignity. Um, So Nick is also a feminist king. (laughs) Is he a himbo? Maybe. (laughs) Marissa does a lot of of analyzing whether or not somebody is or is not a himbo. (laughs) I need more data. I'll let you know. You need more data. You just got four data points. Yeah, but like... This is that's surface stuff. They don't I need to I need to see him interacting. Let's let's see. Let's come back to this after next week's episode. He's a heir to a hot dog fortune, potentially. Yeah, his, <laughs> his own banana stand, if you will. He went to go visit his dad on just a random day. <laughs> you for don't no know that reason. it was a random day. <laughs> I, I I mean, I'm gonna assume it was just a random day. He went all the way up to Staten Island for for what? Although, what do you think about his barbed wire tattoo? Can someone be a himbo if they have a barbed wire tattoo to protect the guns? Mm. Yeah, there's not enough data at this time. Uh, Marissa was really considering whether or not that disqualified him from being a himbo. (laughs) (laughs) So now everyone is like low-key obsessed with Sophie's dad, wants to share Sophie's dad, and... Sophie reminds them she's going to go inside. She's going to meet him. She's going to do the thing. But like, can you please tell Charlie and Ellen that we found my dad? They don't. And we cut back to that whole situation where Pirate Dick is like stripping from the bottom up. Literally misses Dale too much. Can't can't do it. Can't take off the shirt. But he must do it for do it for Dale. So then he does. No tattoo. And that is the conclusion. Like, you know what? Maybe, maybe it should have turned into a murder mystery. Why? No, father. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we learned the reason why Dick won't talk about Dale, or sorry, the reason why Dick won't talk about Lollapalooza is that Dale met his murderer <laughs> at Lollapalooza. <laughs> I have so many questions. What if Father Nick murdered Dale? What if Father Nick murdered? Nick. You what mean like Nick Grandfather and- Nick? Or who are you talking about? What? Wait, what if one father killed the other father's associate? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? What if John Corbett killed Dale? What if John Corbett is a murderer? What if Sophie's mom is the murderer? <laughs> Sophie's mom. Any any of these people are immediately on the suspect list. Suspects. Yeah, they're immediately suspects. <laughs> we better be finding out some more about this. Send the fiance. You know, the fiance can be examining this murder mystery plot while the rest of the show is going on. Oh Love, Victor. <laughs> Love Victor. Love Victor. Yeah, that's who I'm talking about when I'm saying the fiance. The fiance, yeah. the child, the child groom. Well, now he's a child detective. 
So. (laughs) (laughs) So Sophie is about to go into the hot dog restaurant, introduce herself to Nick, but then she learns that he's a Mets fan and she says, nah, never mind. (laughs) You know what? Don't blame her. (laughs) Terrible, terrible decision. Um, From there, we cut back to Sid and Jesse and Jesse feeling insecure, feeling like the spark is off. Why, Why is Sid giggling at his phone so much? He learns that Taylor is a girl and is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You never mentioned that she's a girl. This just got weird because Jesse knows Sid and Jesse knows what Sid is like when he has a crush and Sid is currently exhibiting crush-like behaviors. Yeah. Although, do we know enough about Sid's history? Has Have they only known each other for like one crush who is now his wife? Unclear. Possibly. <laughs> Like, is the sample size one out of one? Potentially. But Jesse's reaction really has an impact on Sid because Jesse questioning the situation, I think for the first time, makes Sid question the situation, which does make me feel like, okay, whatever whatever was happening, like, I, I don't think that he was, there wasn't any awareness until Jesse kind of posed the question, right? Yeah. But I also, you know, at the end, she invites Sid, what, to like karaoke or something, um, like a friend hang, it sounds like, which Sid declines. I can't imagine that this is the last time we'll ever see Taylor. Like, no. I would have to imagine that. No, Taylor's definitely going to end their marriage. She's going to end the marriage. Wow. Okay. That's a bit. I wasn't going to go that far, but I do think that she'll show up again. No, she's ending the marriage. She's ending the marriage. I mean, if if Sid and Sophie are endgame in the sense that, like, Sid is the father, then it's not looking good for Hannah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you would also think, I mean, you're familiar. You have familiarity with Paget Brewster. Would they have brought Paget Brewster if she only had this one and a little bit episode arc? What are you talking about? Paget Brewster is the mother. Oh, Paget Brewster is the mother? Wait, who plays who plays Taylor? Wait, is she Dan Fogelman's? <laughs> She's Dan Fogelman's wife. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You think that uh, she would only be there for one one episode and a little bit and like weird text message apparitions? Caitlin Thompson. Sorry. Her name Caitlin... is Caitlin Thompson, not yeah, Kate... Paget Brewster, My Sophie's bad. mom. My bad. Yeah, Caitlin Thompson. Yeah, I I have to imagine that she'll return at some point, probably when her LDR breaks down. I agree with that. Like, I think that she or the, is. Or, I mean, she could even, it doesn't even need to be that plant. She could honestly just stumble into the bar. It's not even stumbling. Like, at that point, she must know that he owns a bar, right? Like, she could very easily just, like, seek him out. I guess that's true. They are friends on the Insta. And you would imagine Sid, well, actually, do we trust that Sid is a good business owner promoting his his bar on Instagram? Or do we no. think that he can't even do <laughs> he can't even do the bare minimum of that marketing? I have a question. Do you think um cutting it off with Taylor was the right thing to do, or did he just make it weird? Oh, he definitely made it weird. Um I guess it can be both. Yeah. Like I don't think it's not weird. And the fact that they're literally having this conversation and then out of the blue, he's like, I don't think we should talk anymore. And then she's like 
I get it. Like, <laughs> what? That's so weird. That's such a weird response from you. Right. What, like, do you get it? <laughs> like, she invites him to a group hang. He can just say he's busy. He doesn't have They've to. literally been talking all day. And he's like, actually, I'm never going to speak to you again. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a weird Let's reaction. just be clear about this. This is over. We're through. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> we are through. I don't want my boy to judge me. <laughs> so that's a wrap on that for now. Like I said, I don't think that that is the end of this story by any stretch. Because something's got to happen, right? Like either Taylor goes to the bar like while Hannah's in town, Hannah sees their messages. Something's happening with this. They're not just like introducing this out of nowhere. Well, I don't know. The other the other alternative is that she really doesn't show up ever again, and now Sid just feels guilty about it. That'd be lame. <laughs> so he just, like, confesses that he was, like, emotionally cheating. But, like, was he? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I guess that's for... Because, that would, like, I yeah. personally don't subscribe to the belief that, like, men and women can't be friends with each other. So, and like, I don't well, think that he I don't can't have any... another guy friend or, or Jesse will get territorial. So who can, <laughs> si who can be Sid's friend? Really? Is he just like destined to have no friends? <laughs> like from what we've seen of their messaging, it's all been pretty benign. It's all been fairly innocent, like random. It's not like he's like emotionally unloading to her or vice versa. They're just, it's, it's. Well, that's true. Cause they already did that on the plane. Right. And it was just, but that was just a like, oh, I get it. Like if it'd be one thing, if like they only, if their conversations led to a deeper place as of right now, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Sid has done anything wrong that we've seen. Mm -hmm. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. No evidence. No evidence. Because it's 2023. Is it? I guess it is. It was <laughs> <laughs> we should be able to have friends of different genders. And that is how I feel about that. You're so smart to figure that out, Lizzie. <laughs> wow. We like flew through this episode, Sam. You didn't even, we didn't talk about the end. I know. That's what I'm saying. We're at the end already. Maybe it's, maybe it's because we spend so much time critiquing it usually. And... <laughs> This week we're just yeah. Like, the ratio is definitely usually probably sixty five percent complaints, thirty five percent plot. But yeah, when there's not many complaints, it's a breeze. We keep it snappy. Yeah, good work. So good work. Yeah. <laughs> so ultimately, Sophie couldn't go through with introducing herself to Nick. It just. It felt like too much and there's so much they don't know about each other and maybe it's too late and she just had a lot of anxiety about that moment and she just she just fled. Maybe she's never meant to know her dad. And Sid's response is or maybe today just wasn't the day. Like you don't now you know you have this information. You can decide when the time is right for you. Or Sophie can just follow her own advice. Do it! <laughs> and then 
like I appreciated that sentiment, right? That like she's kind of it's it's okay to take a beat and to do this really big thing on her own terms and when she's ready. But then that's immediately undercut by Nick showing up at the bar at the end of the episode. And I just have like so many questions about how he got there. Yeah, clearly the creepiness test should have been a little bit more comprehensive. (laughs) It did like make me a little emotional. There was also just like a great um, score. Like there was like great music happening. Yeah, what was the song? It was so great. I can't even remember it. (laughs) (laughs) That's how great it was. But it was really, it was a really like sweet ending. But I feel like I need to see this whole episode from his point of view because... How did he get there? He took the Staten Island Ferry. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like he has no, like, how did he get there? What happened? Who told him? But I guess that's what next week is for. Yeah. Were you surprised that we only got one episode here? Yes and no. It was, uh, oh, it was You Got the Music in You or You Got the Music in Me. I don't actually know what the title of the song is. Yes, it was that song. Oh, no, that's not even the title of the song. It's You Get What You Give. <laughs> it was so good. Do you like that it's uh they they use covers though and not the know. real song? Rights man. Yeah, but then they use the real the real rights to Drops of Jupiter. I'd imagine Drops of Jupiter is I feel like Train is a bigger name than the New Radicals. <laughs> I don't know what the budget is. But yeah, that was the mid-season premiere, Sam. It was, yeah. Although it's technically a little bit past the mid-season because this was episode 12. Okay, okay, okay. Just saying, they didn't they didn't divide it evenly. <laughs> well, because they did the finale as a two-part. But I guess if it was an even split, then that should have been 9 and 10. Yeah, it's st- what do you mean? It, yeah, either way, it still is 11 in the front and, and 9 in the yeah. back. Sam. Yes. Who? is your MVP for this episode? That is a great question. My MVP for this episode, I think, has to be Nick Foster Jr. The father. Yes, the father. So much buildup. And then it turns out he's just genuinely a good guy who unfortunately has his... <laughs> unfortunately for him, is a Mets fan. <laughs> um... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I felt like he was he was the MVP here. He passed every test with flying colors. And he didn't know. He, see, that's the mark of a true, uh, you know, himbo? good test taker. No, not himbo. I was going to say a good <laughs> test taker. They pass the test when they don't even know that they're being tested. It's true. Anyone can study for a test and pass. But to pass a test when you don't know you're being tested, that shows that you have the skills to pay the bills. Listen, you're Subsidized not wrong. by hot dogs. You're not wrong. <laughs> I would have to agree with you. I think that Nick is Nick Foster Jenkins. <laughs> Nick, Nick Foster the, Wallace. The Ick. <laughs> Why do so many people have Foster as a middle name? I don't know. What? <laughs> Sorry. We're keeping the snappy, Sam. Don't. Sorry. Uh, going okay. To Nick Foster is, tangent. Nick Foster Wallace Jenkins is also your MVP, Junior. Uh, is also your MVP. <laughs> well, he passed every test with flying colors. He didn't even know he was being tested, like you said. And um, I don't know how, but he found his daughter. 
I know. Sophie thought that she was being a sexy spy earlier, but it turns out Nick Foster, David Wallace Jenkins Jr. <laughs> is, the tr- is the true sexy spy. Well, we did it. We are back talking about this silly little show. And Sam, I feel like I'm starting to see the heart. I am. And it makes me hopeful. I am excited to be back with you next week to do this again. Yeah, although I will say the logline for next week's episode has me a little suspicious. I don't really know what to think. Yeah, are we in a one step forward, three steps back situation? Well, are we in a true out. John Corbett situation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so next week we will be discussing season two, episode 13, Family Business. In this episode coming up, Sophie and her dad run a business out of Pemberton's. Charlie and Jesse meet women they like. And Val and Ellen treat themselves to a fancy open house. They're already going into business together. Are they going to start selling hot dogs at the bar? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Never mix family and business. It's no. always. It's but always... that's a conversation for next week. It is. Yes. In the meantime. I will say also, I will say one more thing. My other gripe was that, you know, sitcoms do this thing where they pair off characters. I felt like the pairs and, and this episode, they were not really like, they didn't hide it at all. They weren't like, you know, clever about like, oh, and this is how we'll cleverly get you two together and you two together. Like it was literally like Sophie being like this pair and this pair and this pair (laughs) are going to be our A, B and C stories today. And I felt like the pair, like, I don't know. I feel like we've gotten a lot of runway with these pairs already. Like it felt a little basic to me. It's true. What you want to see, you want to see Sid and Ellen as a pair? I'd be, I'd be curious. I feel like they don't get a lot of time together. Yeah. But that would mean. No, like I Sophie guess... and Charlie. How much time does Sophie and Charlie really get on their own? It's true. And that's why I'm like, is he even a true father contender? Yeah. That's fair, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We got to keep watching to find out, I suppose. Yes. So we will be back next week. In the meantime, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter, at Outfit Repeaters Podcast on Instagram, and email us at Outfit Repeaters Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. If you... Uh, want to check out any of our other episodes you can find them either at our website www.paginatedmedia.com or on any platform where podcasts are available we will be back next week to talk about how i met your father season two episode 13 family business (laughs) 